Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Captain's Quarters. Here we have episode two featuring the standard Matthew Grant. We go over just about everything in this podcast here today, all the way from the beginning of his wrestling career, actually even a little bit before that, all the way to current standing and potential plans for the future. You can check out Matt Grant across all of his platforms in the description below and as well as myself. And you can catch us live streaming down in the description below as well. Until the next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and we'll see you in the next one. Why, why wrestling? wrestling? Oh, man. Um, why not wrestling? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> honestly, like for me, it's been the biggest part of my life um, for like my entire life uh i can literally remember being a child being in a high chair and watching pro wrestling between that and spider-man i was set man um i there's just like memories upon memories upon memories and this is even before i got into the business that like i can think of like i'm putting together uh just to kind of put into context i'm sitting beside it right now i'm putting together like a really cool uh collectible shelf right now and I'm putting together in specifically a Kurt Angle shrine where I like have a <laughs> bunch of Kurt Angle figures. I have like uh, all different eras where he was like world heavyweight champion, where he was TNA world heavyweight champion, where he was the uh, WWF champion. I'm getting all the different belts and shit. And I just kind of look at all of that. And I'm like, literally a lot of those figures represent my childhood because that is my favorite wrestler of all time. And like, just that alone is like a huge part of me because like i spent so much time playing with toys i spent so much time watching the product i spent so much time <laughs> traveling and going to shows uh again this is all before doing the podcast and getting into the, the business itself so um for me it was a no-brainer as soon as i like found out that it was even a possibility uh like I, I'm, I'm a hamilton grown guy so and I don't have a car. I don't have a license right now, which is something I'm working on because I know in professional wrestling, that's a huge fucking thing. And oh, absolutely. I'm slacking. I, I, I 100% admit it. I ain't going to be the Brent Banks and wait till I'm like fucking past my thickness. <laughs> I'm on it. I promise. Um, but <laughs> but um, so with wrestling, I was doing all of this already. So once I found out, like there was a school in my city with the Hamilton Pro Wrestling Academy opening up, I was there first day. Um, there was battle arts, there was Tyson school, there was crossbody pro wrestling. There was a few other pop-up schools every now and then as well. But again, yeah. there was nothing that was actually Local. Hamilton based. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So when Rip and, uh, Rip opened up the school, I was like, well, fuck, there's, there's no question. <laughs> I gotta be there. Um, so that's essentially how that started. But like, even before then, like doing the podcast, um, I was going to all these independent shows and like seeing the quality of content we were putting out. And it was like, dude, how, how aren't people paying attention more to this? Like, no, honestly, of, like I, I, that's, that's like the amount of talent. Exactly. Like that was like almost like verbatim, like my first thoughts when I went to like my first, like later Ontario indie show I went to, mm -hmm. I think it was, it was one of the later fringe shows. I think it was Revelations, actually, that you're about to uh, you're about to do a little watch along for. But yeah, that was actually the first like more recent like indie show that I went to. And I remember I went there. I saw all like all the guys that were on the card and I saw like Shane Saber wrestling. And I was like, this is local. This is this is like this attainable. And these guys are this good. I'm like, OK, yeah, I'm interested. Show me more. So and I was <laughs> out of that prototypical guy myself where when you think independent wrestling in the first place, you think, 
oh man, it's just that bar- backyard garbage. Like hundred percent. I was that guy to start. No, so absolutely. For me to see that or to have that perspective and then to see the consistency of quality that was coming out from Ontario independent wrestling. I was like, dude, there needs to be a spotlight on this. And that's where weekly wrestling podcast came from. And like it expanded, expanded. It got to a point to be completely honest where it was unattainable to keep it going because there was just so much going on between obviously me getting into wrestling itself, but like just, with Ontario and Canadian independent wrestling growing as much as it did. It was hard, man, to keep track of it all. No, absolutely. Which is actually kind of perfect because that was actually the very next topic was uh, WWP weekly wrestling podcast. Uh, before all this started before Twitch, before everything, that's like, that's where you guys got your main start in your main footing in, in the Ontario indie business. Yeah, man. Um, the amount of things we were literally blessed to be a part of and have done through the podcast is like, I genuinely can't fathom it. Sometimes Um, the amount of work that went into that podcast, the amount of money that went into that (laughs) podcast. That's always one of the things at the end of the day, right? (laughs) Dude, how much money? Like, so between um, alpha one, um, fucking nsw uh we were doing smash for a while yep. like we were trying our best to help out with as many promotions as possible and dude between that we were buying t-shirts and just giving them with the fucking wrestlers because we wanted to get our names out there oh, and okay. then like everybody in love everybody in wrestling loves a free t-shirt that's just rule number one i think <laughs> yep yep anything free <laughs> fucking wrestlers would jump all over man um and then like putting in the work between, you know, traveling the shows and like doing the interviews, editing the stuff, the video content that we were starting to do, like it, it grew exponentially to a point where I was like, especially with doing fucking shows on top of it, being a referee at that point. Now I was like, man, I can't do this anymore. And like, it kind of fa- uh, fizzled out, which kind of sucks because like, I wish we kind of had that, I guess, farewell episode. And I think, uh, David and I eventually kind of taped something that was essentially that. Yeah. But like, I don't feel like we ever went out on the proper footing. Fair. Never really got to like send it off how you guys wanted to or like cap it off. Yeah. And like, we always had a plan of doing um, and reviving the Ontario Indie Awards too. That was done by uh, Mr. Mello back in the day. That'd be great. And we never got the opportunity to do that as well, which kind of sucked because like, I genuinely put a lot of effort into thinking about that. And like I messaged mellow and got the blessing and everything too. So like I, w- I was being serious about it and I was going to go get flat. Like I was going to put the whole fucking bit into it, but it was just like, again, I got to a point where like it was me doing a lot of the work um, mm. between the graphics and again, the interviews and obviously the research that goes into the interviews. Cause you don't want to fucking look like a jabroni um, and just, everything on top of it you know it's just it was hard to keep up with um david was working a lot more often and he was unavailable for a lot of stuff and like i was trying to recruit people but like a lot of them were really unreliable so it was like again it was a lot of it was falling on to me and i was like it sucked because it was my baby but like yeah, but it's a lot for like one, one person to handle exactly that like i was okay letting it go because like we got to a point where like i don't think there was anything else 
we could possibly have done because like towards the end i was getting bitter too with like and i'm not even saying this in a negative way too because i've said this before like with people like alicia popping up and like um i think this was around the time where like ocho and ortiz and like straight talk wrestling and all these guys were popping up too and like again all the power to everybody that was doing their thing fucking they were amazing but it was just like a lot of those interviews that we were fucking pressing for and we were trying for were going to different people and it was really unsatisfying and i didn't want to become that negative person either like i'm i'm that person that will like retweet and share and do anything with like other podcasts because it's like fuck that's where i started man so like the hustle is real when it comes to that shit and it got to a point where it was just like there was so much popping up and like WWE was un- unattainable. Like I had connections through the company and like, it still wasn't happening. So I was just like, fuck it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. There, there hits a point, I guess at the end of the day, but still like before you got there, like you got to, you got to, like you were talking about on a stream the other night, you got to talk to some pretty awesome people <laughs> in some pretty awesome places. One story in particular that I like telling because it's like the most mind blowing thing to me is uh, having Tommy Dreamer uh, bring us in for one of the House of Hardcore shows, the House of Hardcore show that went down in Niagara Falls. He paid for a hotel the night before. He brought David in uh, because he had to work that day. He paid for an Uber for David to get from Hamilton to Niagara Falls on time. Oh, wow. uh, he like gave us a whole VIP section. And like this was in coordination with the, uh, the Mindio show as well. I want to give Mindio Brian a shout out because she was awesome throughout that whole process as well. But like it was fucking insane to be like surrounded by the people we were at that time because that was one of our first big opportunities and it popped up so fucking randomly. It was like through a Facebook message through our Facebook page. And I mm-hmm. thought it was like the most ridiculous bullshit. I went into yeah. that like because it was a meeting that we went to had to do uh, down in Stony Creek at their uh, location. And I was like, I went into it with David. I was like, dude, like maybe we'll get fucking a little promo code or something and like but man they blew it up to a point where like uh they were offering like a vip section just to be like in the section with us to be like listening to us do the commentary while the hoh show was going on like it was fucking insane man we did like a live podcast prior to which my dumbass didn't know how to use twitch back in the day so the fucking broadcast (laughs) didn't get saved but like we interviewed like moose Mickey James, Tommy Dreamer, uh, Eric Young. Like it was a fucking slew of people just on that day. And I was just, I remember just like being on the moon at the end of that weekend because of like the experiences that we had. And that was just one of the many weekends. Like uh, we got to finally get in with Ring of Honor. And that's how I got to interview Kenny Omega, which is like the most fucking insane thing to see, especially <laughs> obviously now. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, there was just, I, I don't want to sit here and fucking put myself over, but it's just like <laughs> shit, man. The amount of things that like were, were able to be done because of the hard work that went into that podcast was fucking awesome. Oh, absolutely. And like, you got all of that done before your first match, too. So it's <laughs> before like, I ref my first match. Yeah, and like, that's like, yeah. definitely helped you. I would, I would say, like, in the very beginning, like getting your initial footing in certain places, because like yeah. you, you guys put in the work and you guys showed in a lot of places in a lot of different ways that you guys are willing to actually like work. Yeah, man. Like the amount of times that like that we as podcasters were there, like fucking maybe hours before the wrestlers and staying hours after the wrestlers, like doing all the shit that we were doing, helping out with setup and tear down. Like we weren't just 
coming in and fucking bullshitting around. We were helping out as well. Like we were paying our dues as we were being podcasters too. So it was like, that definitely played a huge role in like, you know, the, um, welcomingness when we decided to actually get into wrestling. Since we're still in the, the beginning half of your career, I guess we'll, uh, we'll shift into, uh, winning the open weight championship and holding it for 371 days. So early in your career and like how, like it like affected you and how like everything that kind of came along with that. So that was like insane to me. So that whole day was like the most nerve wracking thing because not only had I not wrestled two matches in one night, I was doing three in one night for one. And I was like a year into wrestling at this point, maybe a year and a half or so. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I was like nervous as shit. (laughs) Not only that put on the pressure of, um, my mom was there, which she was at a lot of the early on shows, uh, when her health was decent. Um, not only that, my aunt and uncle on my dad's side of the family who had never seen my me wrestle before, who had never seen an independent wrestling show before were coming to see their first show as well, which was really cool. So all this kind of wrapped up into one plus the added pressure of obviously you want to perform well, you want to, especially being given the ball like that, you really want to be on your a game. So it was just like a huge day for me. And like, and you had to wrestle three times that night. Like, all of this just wrapped into one big ball. So I remember I found out, um, I want to say it was a couple months prior that this whole thing was coming together. And like when I found out, I was legitimately blown away. I was <laughs> like, wow. Like, uh, like the fact that somebody's trusting me to give me the ball really meant like so much. Like, Prior to that, I had been Deathproof Youngblood champion. Yep. But like, if I'm being honest, I don't consider that a legitimate title run. And I say that because, A, half of my reign, the fucking company was dead. So I had to book my own best of seven to keep the title alive. Um, <laughs> oh, right. Because you, you were defending it in other promotions. Right. David right. and I were going to other promotions because, again, the company was dead at that point. So I was like, well, fuck, I, I just won this belt. I got to do something with it. Right. So, like, I didn't really consider that the most legitimate title. Right. And all like, thank you to Chad. Like, he I, he did oh, a lot absolutely. for me in that sense. Like, I, I have no ill will towards that whole situation. It's just when I look back on it, it's like we again, I booked like half of my title. Right. <laughs> again being as green as shit as i was i shouldn't have been doing that but anyways (laughs) um bringing me to the the open weight situation um when that was presented to me i was like whoa there's like this is a legitimate ball not only being a main champion but being a main champion of a startup promotion in a new city that hadn't seen me wrestle or a lot of the people on the shows wrestling before so (laughs) a lot of people i honestly i I think a lot of people who were at that first show hadn't even been to like an indie show period. (laughs) Yep. It was a very new crowd and I welcome that. Like I welcome the pressure of trying to engage a crowd that maybe not familiar with wrestling or isn't in tune with what's going on. Like I love that shit, man. I really do. And that's kind of like what those first PWO shows were really like before they, you know, you guys just started developing a fan base and really developed like those solid casuals that were coming to every fucking show. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. 
But it, that's so, the funny thing with like those fans too, because it's like, like still, I think about like 80% of them, they're like, they like wrestling, but it's like, they're not like the hardcore indie fan where they're keeping up with like everybody and every promotion kind of thing. They just kind of show up to the shows and they're like, Oh yeah, this guy's cool. I like him. And it's like, okay. <laughs> oh, I like booing this guy. I like cheering this guy. I'm having fucking fun. I'm buying some beer. I'm getting involved. Let's go. <laughs> and then in walks Matt Grant and boo. <laughs> and walks me and, uh, prepare all your fucking bleeps. <laughs> yeah. That and just like, like, like 90% of the children just like they hate you now <laughs> oh my god that one show holy shit dude you're trying to cut a promo and you just couldn't like get out like more than four words because they were just relentless dude it was insane I was like oh my god shut the fuck up <laughs> like I can't say that because you're a child but like internally you're like screaming oh my god I'm like let me just say what I gotta say Honestly, I'm going to go over my time. They're going to hate me. <laughs> the the kids at indie shows, I find, are the most ruthless. Like, if they're under the age of, like, yep. 10, they are like, oh, wow, they're bad sometimes. Like, Drop not, like, bad, but they're, bombs, like, man. verbally. Like, they're... Yeah, oh, man. They surprise you. serious bombs. Oh, man, I've had some fun ones. Like, I've been on the outside at some shows and, like, just, like, you know, doing my casual shit of selling it. And, like, the some of the stuff that's been said to me, holy... <laughs> And then there's some kids that are just sweethearts. Oh yeah. <laughs> but just uh, like in that awe. Whole, <laughs> yeah, that whole open weight title reign was really fun. Um, just kind of like to dive through it really quickly. Like the BMD match, I don't know if we had like if that was even planned before we did the tournament, or if that was something I had I don't requested. Think so. Yeah, I think I think it was something that you might have requested. I think so too, because like BMD I, at that point was like starting to travel to the States and like, he was one of the guys that was blowing up and like, I wanted to make sure I got a match with him before he blew up. Oh, that's fair. And, and to this day, like I still haven't got the step in a ring with him, And it's been like, what, three years almost to that match. Wow. Yeah. That so, was March, 2018. There you go. We're a month away from that being three <laughs> years ago. So, wow. um, that is that was one of the reasons why I wanted that match, and I knew we would tear it up too. Like uh, we had an interaction in the uh, tournament, and yep. I, I could just tell from that alone that we needed to have a singles match. So I think it was like the day or two before my birthday too. So I was going into it like super motivated. <laughs> um, I know we had like a weird ending with Shaw taking both of us out and everything, but like. Yeah. The match itself was fucking awesome. I, I I look back on it and sure, as a wrestler, you're going to look back on your past shit and always complain about it. But like, mm. I'm very happy with that match. And that's a lot to him, too. He's a great dude. He's a fucking amazing, amazing talent. Absolutely. And honestly, like, given a point, I think you guys like you guys were both each only in the business for like, what, like a year and a half, two years. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And like you guys, well, he had a little bit more experience because he did a little bit more battle arts before doing the HPW stuff, but that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Give him that little nod. But yeah, no, we were both hungry, man. We both were hungry kids that wanted to fucking kill it in the main event. And I think we, we delivered, check that shit out on IWTV. Boom. Um, yeah, I think moving on from that, I think it was the four way. Um, let's see March. And then it would have been, uh, July. So yeah, it would have been the four way. Yeah, so that four-way, <laughs> I have a funny story about this. So 
Uh, I took barbed wire in that match. Um, yes. The crutch to the head, and it scraped my forehead like a motherfucker. I had scars for a good week. Maybe I two was weeks. still surprised that like you took that. Because oh. like I, I'm sitting on commentary, right? So it's like I don't know like 90 percent of the little tiny things that are probably going to go down. So I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. So it was pitched, and when it was originally pitched. I was anticipating just kind of a eh, and done. No, it was a eh, and done. And I was like, ah, like it kind of sucked, but I was like, oh, cool. Like fucking I did it once. Whatever. Fuck me. Right. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> here's the fun part. I had a referee booking the f- next day for alpha one. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Cause that was, they would, uh, they would run the next day. Yeah. Was. <laughs> Pissed. Understandable. His referees totally just- <laughs> understandable, dude. He's like, dude, you're supposed to be my fucking referee, and you're covered in scars like a fucking hardcore wrestler. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I'm you an have idiot. To, did you I have know. to bump that day? I think they legitimately avoided bumping me for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. I, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Either that or it would have to be know like what? a direct. No, head I blow. did get bumped because fucking I took a bump from Ricky, if I'm not mistaken. And they kept fucking with me saying that Ricky was going to destroy me with a forearm because <laughs> of the fucking the scars. If I'm not mistaken, that was that day. But no, it, it was it was a fun little weekend. And like, I, I honestly like it is what it is. Like, I'm somebody that in wrestling that I always want to try something once at least. Yeah, uh, maybe not everything. <laughs> not everything. <laughs> like I ain't doing no gusset plate bullshit or anything no. like that. No, some but, of that um, stuff I see that and it just makes me shiver. Cringeworthy, man. But yeah. hey, you do you guys. Kudos um, to the guys that do that, because damn, I can't. That's my proverbial tip cap. Um yeah, no, honestly, like I did it once and I was like, whatever, I did it. It is what it is. Um so after that, we moved on to the Mark Shaw match, which set up for the yep. cage match. Yeah. Um, the giant so that whole random thing, hunk of wood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for one, that was the weirdest thing. So like I was anticipating a door, a table, like something. something. But then you, you guys busted that out. And I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> like do. full disclosure, I think they f- like, like, they were just like looking outside. I literally think it was just was sitting venues, outside. Right? Of that do- I didn't really think it was the venues because it was just like chilling outside. Oh, it was just there. It was just there. So they <laughs> like, so they just brought it in. And then honestly, after they put it outside there, I think it still sat there for like broken in two pieces for like the better part of a year, at least. <laughs> Never got rid yeah, of So it. like that got busted, it busted out and I was like, okay, cool. And then I think it was, I don't know if it was before that match or after that match that we decided to do the double turn with Empire getting involved and with you guys doing the whole thing with uh, Goodridge and Shaw. But that ended up happening and like, holy shit, that kicked everything to a whole new level for like Empire. So I feel like we formed in April earlier that year and we were kind of like, I wouldn't say floundering, but like, the main promotion that we did it with was uh, no limits wrestling and death proof. And both of those promotions were kind of MIA at the moment. So, or weren't running too often. 
Mm-hmm. So we were kind of like, fuck, like we need to expand. Like we need to start getting out there. Um, so when we pitched the, uh, the whole thing with empire and PWO and like it went as well as it did. And then it started really taking off with like the Jake match and like yeah. the iron cup where fucking I almost died. Oh yeah. But the ladder. No, no, Justin oh, Sane yeah, Justin throwing Sane. me into a fucking turnbuckle. Yeah, the, uh, the, like the Alabama slam buckle bomb. Oh my God, man. That shit was like, I've watched that video. I genuinely can't tell you how 500 it's, plus times. I turned that into like the coffin dance meme thing because it was just, <laughs> it was too good. Like, so some context, just like I'm going to go back and talk about the Jake match. Cause like that was really important to me. So when I found out I was losing the championship, especially to Jake, a, I was really excited because he had been working his ass off. He's somebody that I admire a lot. And he's somebody that like, I was super happy again to drop the title. Book. So when I found out about that match and then kind of found out like the direction we were going in with it, uh, I think, and again, that's one of those matches, kind of like the BMD match, where I look back on it and sure there's some things where fucking you're not going to be happy with it. But the story we told in that match and the pop Jake got when he won the title. Oh, that was insane. The best. Like, I, I think up until that point, the best pop. You had, yeah, because you had stolen the win and then the match got restarted and then Jake won. Yeah. Yeah. And the way we did that, I wasn't. I'm not going to lie at first. I wasn't too keen on it. I, I thought we should have done the the straight up. Just a clean finish. Like, win. Yeah. yeah. But looking back on it now, I think it added just that extra element, especially with the addition of Parkside and that yeah. whole situation too. Like th- there was a story to be told and it was like fantastic looking back on it. I was really happy with that. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah, because that was a way of us to like slowly introduce Parkside there and uh, mm-hmm. attaching him to Jake until. He just decided that he wanted to wrestle again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. Oh, yeah. um, so moving on to the Iron Cup. So I'd lost the championship. This was the first time in like a year and a bit that I was going into a show and not as champion. So it was a very different dynamic, especially sure. being used to being champion, being used to being in that spot consistently. It's like, okay. And then it was the Iron Cup again. So found out it was wrestling two matches. I was like, Oh sick. Got to mix it up with two of the fucking best talents in Ontario. <laughs> Shout out to PWO, Kobe Durst, Justin Sane. My God, those two are incredible. Um, that four way was really interesting. Like, so the iron cup dynamic in, in itself is very interesting. The way you guys yes. lay that out. It's I almost kind of like an invert starting and then leading to a four way. We start with the two four ways and then elimination out of that. And then there's two people that move on from each four-way and then they end up facing an opposing person from the other four-way match in the semifinals. And then those two winners face each other. But just guys qualify the first round. Like, so the way you guys, if somebody gets pinned, they're eliminated. It's not like if you get the pin, you're qualified. It's it's very interesting in that aspect. And that's like a little tidbit that makes you guys a little different, you know? Oh, absolutely. Because you can actually, um, what, what am I looking for? (laughs) set up stuff well yeah you can set up stuff but you can actually you can move forward in the tournament without even pinning anybody because just say like throw you and kobe durst in there uh, with like two other people 
and then just say Kobe Durst pinned both other people in the match. And then you just kind of got to sweet. I'm going on to the semis. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a fun aspect too. Like there's so many different stories you could tell. There's so many different like feuds you can set up going forward out of that too, oh, without really having so, to do much. So many different variables. And then especially with like, we host like the qualifying matches too, even before the tournament. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like, sure, the tournament has eight guys, but then if you include all the qualifying matches to plant some seeds, there's like what, 16 people involved. Yeah. Yeah. So, you so can, I'm going to play interviewer for a second here and okay. kind of ask you a couple questions with the iron cup that didn't happen. Oh, was a lot of it the same ideas that is kind of transpiring on foundation right now? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I'll enough. be honest. I'll be honest there. I don't know. I, and I'll also be honest with, I don't know how much I can divulge on stream, but um, no, 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 that's totally fair. That's just, no, yeah. that was just I, the, I will say uh, the straight up yes or no answer. There has been variables that were supposed to be involved with the tournament that were not involved with the tapings due to whatever reasonable reasons between COVID, et cetera, safety. Absolutely. Just we, this was obviously the one time that nothing mattered. It was like, Hey, you don't want to come. You don't have to come. That's understandable. We'll adjust. But yeah. So some plans have changed. We're heading in a bit of a new direction. And personally, like it's a crazy direction. It's going to get gnarly. The product that they've been like, PWO has been putting out lately, dude, if you guys have not been paying attention, a it's fucking free on YouTube. So like, what are you missing out on? (laughs) It's, Can't be free. it's the best price free. Check it out. There's like 20 plus episodes up there. God damn. Yeah. But, uh, the, the diving back in where we were talking about, uh, the iron cup, uh, going yeah. into that second round with Justin. So, uh, he had been wrestling a match after me, if I'm not mistaken. So there was that window where like, I was a little nervous because we didn't have that much time extra to put together mm-hmm. something. That's not fair. that I was like nervous in the sense of like Justin not being good, but nervous in the sense of like me fucking up. That's fair. Um, so Justin gets back. We fucking throw something together. We go out there and like, honestly, a lot of the shit and like, this is what I like doing now. Kind of like pulling the curtain back with planning the match is like kind of having a beginning, a middle and end kind of having like that little bit planned out and just kind of filling the rest in. Like, yeah. Like if you have like the tent poles, I guess, then you can just kind of like see where it takes you in between. Exactly. Exactly. For me, that's where I'm comfortable right now. And playing off the crowd is like a huge thing for me. Like Mm. if you haven't watched my shit, (laughs) that's, (laughs) that's me in a nutshell, man. Um, yeah, that's, so the Justin thing was very, very much, a lot of improv, but like we had those certain spots and he pitched that uh, Alabama slam in the corner. And like, I didn't even hesitate at first. I was like, yeah, man, no fucking problem. And he's kind of like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, no fucking. Cause like, I'm, totally he's one of the somebody, few people I would trust with that. Yeah. And I'm also so, totally somebody where again, somebody like Justin, I'm going to trust, but like, if you're not somebody who's a piece of shit, and there's very <laughs> few people that are on that list. But if you're not somebody that's a piece of shit, I will probably trust you to do more than likely almost anything. And so he pitched this to me and I was like, yeah, man, no fucking problem. Don't fucking sweat it. And then I started kind of processing it in my head. I'm like, how am I taking this? So the way I ended up taking it, if you see it in the video and there's a picture yeah. of it, shout out to shooting the Indies. I literally took it like a bump. Yeah. So I took the brunt of it on the back of my arms. 
Yeah. Because you put them the over the back of my right arms there. were bruised to fucking shit for the yeah. next week. <laughs> but head, everything was fine. David, if you watch that footage, JT Kirk, you watch that footage, he fucking sprints to me like a motherfucker when he sees <laughs> that happen. Oh, yeah. Because he's like, yo, are you good? Because I, I genuinely remember him. He's like, yo, you good? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm fine. I remember heard the reaction of it, too, and I knew it was worse. Like, it looked worse than it actually was. So yeah. I sold it that extra little bit more, especially knowing where we were going after that, because I had to powerbomb him, and there was that extra little bit more to the match. And I feel like, honestly, we should have just fucking ended right off of that. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was nowhere to go after that, man. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just the whole reaction of that and that whole match together, Justin was phenomenal. And then where we went from there with the whole empire storyline, I think was like us, like so much fucking fun. That's like the best thing I can say about PWO, especially when it comes to like pitching stuff and like being able to kind of freely do your own thing to an extent, of course, of course, yeah, within reason. (laughs) is like there's a lot of creative freedom and that is fucking awesome. That is like, for me, that is amazing because I'm a very creative person. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Like, I feel like like PWO when we put stuff together, it's very like very story driven and it's very character driven. So it's like we can like you can only think of like general ideas. I think for people, it's really hard to like tell somebody like you have to do this it's like but yeah like it has to come organically it's like something like and so take like liam worldwide for example oh man you, you can't just like <laughs> i don't know you can't just take any wrestler and slap that gimmick on it send him through the curtain and be like this is what you're doing and you know <laughs> so watching back that internet title match and watching oh, yeah. that promo I cut on him. Oh, when you called twink him a twink? <laughs> Oh my fucking God. I forgot about that. I was like, why did you guys let me say that? <laughs> Once again, I'm tied to the table. So when people say things, I'm just like, <laughs> I okay. literally cleared that with Andy too. And he's like, yeah, man, go right ahead. We're like, <laughs> it's, we're like that PG kind of PG 13 audience where it's like, we kind of try to like, Test the odd boundaries here and there. See what the crowd's okay with. Because they're okay with some stuff, but not some other stuff. That was funny. I will say that. (laughs) His reaction, too. Like, it was the per... Yeah, man. Oh, it was so good. Everything about that. That's some of the stuff. Like, when I've been given the live mic, when I've been able to, like, fuck with the crowd a little bit, too. It's... Oh, nothing makes me happier than being able to fuck with people. (laughs) Yeah. Especially like saying so little sometimes too. And it just makes it easy. Yes. Like I literally don't have to say much. And like, I'm one of the most hated guys. Like I literally won most hated when we did the fucking awards. And I was like, unbelievable. I think it was like legitimately by a landslide too, which makes me (laughs) laugh like a motherfucker. Oh, Oh yes, definitely. Uh, but like, that's the thing too. It's like, you have to treat it almost like a game of tennis. You can't just like continually jaw jack and jaw jack. It's like, just let them rant and rave for like two minutes and then turn around and say like two words and it'll break them. <laughs> See, that's like a lot of my later promos in PWO. That's honestly what it became was like the fans, like taking up a lot of the time and me kind of saying what I needed to say and fucking that was it. <laughs> <laughs> You had no idea really the structure of this interview, but you're just taking this along great for me. And it's awesome. Segways <laughs> upon segways. 
We got Empire with uh, JT Kirk and, of course, uh, Crystal Moon. And yes. p- potential others in the future, really who cool. knows? Because now that you guys have added more than the tag team, it's just kind of like you've reached that faction level, I suppose. So Yeah, there's a lot of growth. So That door's um, open, I guess. <laughs> so we had the idea for a while of adding somebody, and we didn't know exactly who it was. And I, I don't even know if we've genuinely publicly said who we considered. So this is probably going to be a first time ever because I don't think these guys are going to be considered later on because they're doing their own thing now. But at the beginning, we were kind of considering guys like Tyler Arrow and Mike Forte for that role. But then we were kind of like, not that they didn't fit what we were looking for, but it was almost that if that makes sense. Um, no, that does make sense. And then we kind of had the like the idea of like, oh, it'd be cool to add a female. Like we were almost thinking um, what the Riot Makers were doing previously yeah. with Jody Wheeler. All I right, love that faction. Stratos was eventually <laughs> added. Yeah, like they were fucking tearing shit up. They were all over the place, and like that's kind of the idea we had. So we were kind of like scouting a little bit with the female scene, and. Obviously, we were at Crossbody quite a bit already with, yes. you know, being the tag champs. And I was even raffing at Crossbody prior to that. Yep. So um, Crystal Moon was somebody who popped up. And like, I hadn't considered it for a while. But once I started considering it, it was like, that's fucking perfect. It, she literally fits our image exactly. And she's an amazing human being. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm proud to call her a friend. She's awesome. This so, is true. Shout out Crystal Moon. Yes. Shout out her. I miss her very much. Um, but yeah, so when we, we came up with the idea of adding her into the group, you guys were the first to actually like take on the idea. So yeah. when we started pitching that and then you guys kind of added the extra concept of us looking around for members for foundation as well, which that was, was a lot of fun. Hilarious. We got some really good content out of that. I love the one with, um, cause it's like, once again, like I wasn't down there when a lot of it was being filmed cause some of it was happening during the show. So when I got mm-hmm. like my camera back at the end of the day and I'm looking through it, I'm seeing like you talking to space monkey and all this stuff. I was just dying. <laughs> yeah. There was one we did with space monkey. Um, there was one we did with Chris Logan where he just flat out told us to fuck off. And it was I amazing. Fuck off <laughs> <laughs> or fuck you or something. It was amazing. Um, like th- the bits we were, coming up with and like for me and that's a lot of what wrestling is and what entertains me with wrestling sure wrestling can be like wrestling itself can be awesome but man it's the promos it's the the bits it's all that stuff that keeps people coming back let's be Uh, real it's the character based stuff that people remember at the end of the day you can do all the 450 splashes you can do all the moves at the end of the day but it's that stuff that's going to keep people coming back and that's the wrestler i'm becoming and i turned into over the past couple of years and i think it's brought out some of my best work oh which is which is great though because i feel like that's something like that's always it's almost like future proofing yourself right if you want to go somewhere in this business you're going to end up on tv there's going to be those structures and those things so it it doesn't hurt to start thinking of how your character your gimmick or whatever you're you're portraying uh can translate into all those different scenes and those structures and different promos and how you can interact with all these different characters that's why, honestly, I loved 100%. like pitching when I pitched the idea to start Foundation. Just like mm-hmm. it's something to connect the dots between all the live shows. And it's like we need something that, I don't know, just like helps carry on the story in between matches. 
helps you know, like, explains well, the characters more yeah. helps, again explains the, uh, the storylines like it's yeah because when you watch wrestling it's just like you need a like you need some context in, in between not like you don't need yeah. it, it to be overdone but that's why we yeah. try not to fill too much with the live show right and then throw it all onto onto youtube so mm-hmm. it's kind of like you don't have to sit through it live too much of it there's a few odd promos but there's not like oversaturated no, it's great, man. And like the, the product that PWO has turned into when uh, it comes to a, just like the transition from venues and the production transition and like the roster transition, like we're, we're really, I think, finding a foot with what we're doing right now. Yeah. To like get back into like the whole empire swing of things with Kirk and Lacey and that whole stuff. Where do you guys see, uh, you kind of covered some possible like people of where you might in the early days, but like from, from where you're at now, post pandemic potentials, yep. is there anybody you see maybe working with you? Anybody that has that, that caliber that fits. So it's very interesting that you say that, like we had the little bit with Vander obviously in February yep. of last year where, uh, Crystal couldn't make the show due to unforeseen circumstances, which we don't need to get into, no. but that happened. Uh, it's funny because, so we did that show, and then literally the following day, we ended up doing a Kurd show. And uh, yes, yeah. Crystal was there as well as Vander was there. Yeah. And it was funny because Kurd kind of piggybacked off of what you guys did the day before and ended up kind of putting Vander with us in yeah. that battle royal. But you had already ditched him the previous night. It was really weird. So, like, I know Kurd is looking to, like, kind of do the same thing and wants kind of an expansion. And like, we've been kind of looking into that as it is already, because as you mentioned already, we expanded from not just being a tag team, but into a faction. And with a faction comes a few more members, not NWO style, but yeah. like, you know, there's going to be a couple people that get added. There's no secret about it. Um, in terms of anybody in particular, sure. Am I going to divulge that information on here? Probably not. <laughs> there is definitely some people in mind. Um, I think, and you kind of ran into it with like the, the roster with PWO, like with the pandemic, there's been some halts in a lot of yes. what we've had planned as a faction. Like, fuck, we wanted to do some traveling. Like we wanted to go to the States. We wanted to really break out. And like, definitely. there's, there's a lot of wrestling or there was, I should say, a lot of wrestling prior to the pandemic. And we wanted to be a part of as much of that as possible. Um, now, it's going to be very interesting um, to see how a lot of these companies recover yes. from the pandemic in Ontario in specific. Um, Definitely. I know there's companies running, you know, closed tapings, um, whether it's, you know, through rips gym or i've seen a bit through battle arts other yep. shit too as well like we've done the yeah, compound like, show i think like super kicked uh super kicked does some tapings and stuff there you like go that. yeah they have stuff on their youtube every week yep. as well so it's like there's places doing content still but there's no actual legitimate shows going on there was a couple that ran during the pandemic shout out to like places like msw and yep. i genuinely can't remember who else ran but uh, Alpha One did a couple of shows as well. Yeah, yeah like, they, they, they hit up the outside show in Oshawa. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, there's been a couple of shows, but I'm, I'm talking in terms of, like, you know, you look at the Germania Club. Are we ever going to see that look in the way it was prior to the pandemic ever again? I don't know. 
it's like, honestly, that's, that's the tough part. That's, it's like, can, who's going to weather the storm and not even that out of the venues too. Right. Cause it's like, uh, like our half, these businesses or buildings or rental halls or bars or whatever, are they going to survive? Yeah. And, th- and that's exactly kind of what I've been like really processing. And I think that's what brought me to Twitch, honestly, and doing a lot of this stuff is like starting to really connect with people more just in case, like, you know, say, you know, I can't do this at the merch table and fucking mm. interact with people the way we used to, or like, I can't fucking slap hands and talk shit on the way to the ring. I used to the way I used to because of the way the pandemic works. Um, like there's, there's all these different factors that fuck. I think of something small, like spitting in somebody's face for heat and like motherfucker that ain't happening anymore. Right. Well, even like, even to like take that turn too, like if like spitting is like on that low end of the spectrum and that's like a no. So it's like, what do you like when it comes to like different things when, like we talked about earlier with like the hardcore spots or the barbed wire or anything that's involved blood in public yep. with like a hundred yep. people there. Like that's a, that can't fly. Like, obviously, if there's an accident, you get bust open the hard way. The ref's going to have, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to have to, like, but you're going to have to have a lot more stuff on hand, which everybody should really have in the first place. Like, every show that we've run, we have, like, we have our cleaners, we have our gloves, like, the whole nine yards for those spills or anything that accidentally happens. But, yeah, like, it's something that's going to have to not happen on purpose for a long time. Yeah. At this level, right? it's and not that's like exactly this, it. You're, like you're not AEW. You're not WWE. You don't have a barricade and you're not pushed back in cages and behind plexiglass. Like you're in a small room, so you can't do that. There's, stuff there's on only purpose. so much of a budget. And like I had this conversation with my fiance of like, I don't know how many companies are going to be able to make it just because of like a lot of these promotions are relying on, you know, the, the ticket money and yep. the uh, IWTV money and all this stuff that adds up where a lot of that revenue has been taken away because of the pandemic. So absolutely, I've been kind of been preparing myself already. Like I, my shoot job now I'm working in the cannabis industry and like the booming industry right now. Um, I'm doing this Twitch stuff. Like I'm, I'm really trying to set myself up just in case for some reason, the way pro wrestling was before it doesn't come back. Oh, I was going to say, I feel like with the passion of the fans, like there'll be, there'll still be that boom, but there won't be as many promotions. And and that's exactly it. Like before the pandemic happened, dude, there was upwards of 50 promotions in Ontario. Easy. Also too, to step on that thing too, there's also the, like, even if we get wrestling back, just say by the summertime, the border's still closed. So there's no U S talent coming in. There's nothing like that. So there's no draws. There's no, well, the the quote unquote, I think you did the air quotes. Yeah. The quote unquote, draws because like honestly like to even touch on that it's like like sure yeah they're draws they make money they're gonna put some asses in some seats but it's like we made like decent money and we've kept this company going off of like i think the biggest name we've ever had was josh alexander and that was one show yeah. like like uh i i don't think you need that but i think in the same sense with again as it relates to like ticket pricing and you know venue renting and all yeah. all the fucking logistics that go into a show I think a lot of the promotions aren't going to be able to handle that anymore. That's going to, no. a lot of work's going to be lost for a lot of the guys here, which means a lot less spots on shows. Which is good for the guys that are also like continuing to put in the work through here, connect with their fan bases. People want to see yep. them also continuing up with training when they can and when it's safe. And of course, hitting the gym, staying in shape. Like 
the people that are taking advantage of the extra time that they have and not letting it go to waste essentially like they'll be good i think on the on the back end of everything yeah and i like this is something that like i've genuinely like been processing for a while and thinking about because like it's a reality that we're gonna have to deal with like you look at i mean all these crazy uh million dollar billion dollar corporations and fucking uh sports leagues that have had to shut down and do all this different stuff now too like wwe has a bunch of giant video screens around the freaking arenas because they can't have fans there it's it's gonna be interesting that's for sure it's gonna be interesting i like i welcome it because i think like indie wrestling will survive at the end of the day it's just gonna be very interesting how the adaption happens i feel like luckily now with like a lot of the handle on this live stream stuff and the equipment and doing all this maybe like possibly running like an outside show selling limited seats and then putting on also like an iPay-per-view at the same time and broadcasting it, especially in the f- first while yep. might help out a lot of promotions, like keep yep. a footing, you know, because sure you, you have limited fans coming in, but then you can also broadcast and make a couple extra bucks off of. And that's feet. a shitty thing about winter and living in Canada <laughs> is uh, yep. these months that we've been going through right now. Obviously there's nobody running outdoor shows because fuck there's, two feet of snow on the ground so (laughs) um once we're getting into the warmer weather which we're seemingly heading towards sooner rather than later hopefully um maybe we'll see some of those shows start to pop up yeah hopefully by like summertime you know may june on that note i think if i'm not mistaken nsw announced the show for the end of march for the end of march yeah i I think that also might be a tentative date given like obviously it's all in flux right like I feel like they're they're definitely aiming for that, but it's see how the next few weeks go. Of course, like numbers, yeah. all that bullshit, logistics. Yeah, so we've covered a lot so far. We've covered, you know, were you working with Justin Sane, working with Shaw, and a lot of stuff in the early part of your career, and then transitioning to crossbody, uh, working a lot with uh, with Ben. So, uh, do you mind telling us a little bit about that? Yeah, and man. How that's so, like impacted your career, at the extra knowledge he's added on post all that. It's it's been a lot. So. I started there day one with crossbody refereeing and like, I was very, very happy with the role I was getting there. Like I was sharing the ref duties with Jimmy. And if you don't know, Jimmy's the fucking yeah. man. He's one of the best referees referee. on the scene. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> if you're not booking them, you're fucking up. But anyways, um, me and him were sharing duties. I was getting some fucking solid matches, working with some solid dudes. The crowds were starting to go up. Like everything was looking great with crossbody. And then I was kind of like getting to a point where my transition to my uh, pro wrestling side of things, like actually become a performer where I was like, fuck, like maybe I should start to do it here. So I kind of gave him that heads up. I think it was in the Oct- around October or something. And he's like, all right, like, you'll do one more show and then like, we'll phase you out for a bit. And like, he kind of made it seem like there wasn't going to be something for me for a little bit. And like, I was like totally okay. Like, you know, you have your storylines book, you have your shit put together. I get it. Like I'm totally cool with sitting around for a little bit and waiting for my opportunity. Um, so I did the November show. Uh, I believe Rich Swan was on that show. So like, I think my last match that I refed, was Swan versus Josh Alexander for crossbody, wow. which is really fucking cool. Um, and then it was on to the December show. And so I make the graphics as well for crossbody in case you yep. didn't know. Yep. Um, and so I, I find out obviously all the shit that's going on for the shows because obviously I need to make the graphics for them. 
So he sends me the match list and I kind of am going through it and I kind of stopped and I was like, whoa, wait a minute. And kind of more context here is like, not only was I transitioning to being becoming a performer as well, as well as my brother was, uh, we were yeah. doing the whole empire thing. Like, again, like I mentioned before, we were trying to break out. So I had pitched him as well. And I was like, yeah, if you have something great, if not, then like, you know, shit happens essentially. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm looking at the, the match card for this December show. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, Swole Patrol versus Empire pre-show match. And I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. Like, awesome. We're on the show in some form or fashion. So the show's getting closer and closer. And I don't know what exactly happened. If there was a mishap with scheduling or something happened where a match dropped off the show. Okay. So we ended up getting bumped up to the main card. And I was like, oh, fucking sick. Like, awesome. So we had that first match and <laughs> fun story about that first match. I love those guys, man. Um, we've done a lot of interesting stuff with them in pro wrestling from wrestling on a beach during a fucking storm <laughs> to wrestling a billion times across body um, that we've done a ton of stuff with those guys. And I love those guys very much. The very first time we wrestled them, I gave uh, Moose uh rodrigo montana i whatever he was going by at the time i'm not too sure what it was but i gave him a blockbuster and uh we had a bit of a miscommunication regardless uh he ended up crushing me and giving me a concussion oh geez um so and if you know how big he is you know me that's a fucking big dude landing on me i i i've watched the footage back it's it's rough um so the finish to that match ended up getting really fucked up like i I watch that back and it's uh, it frustrates me so much because so essentially the spot was supposed to be I was behind uh, Atlantis like uh, on my hands and knees. JT Kirk was supposed to drop kick him over. I was supposed to be there. He was supposed to fall over me and I think we were supposed to hop on the pin together. But because I was fucking KO'd, I was nowhere to be found for the spot. So JT Kirk just gives Atlantis this drop kick and just pins him off of it. And <laughs> like, thankfully the crowd like legitimately popped for it. Like they were like, awesome. These guys won. But like, for me, I was like going into the back. I was like, fuck, did we just like blow this entire fucking spot? And it was because I'm a dumbass and got concussed. And so we get to the back, like, obviously it wasn't the fucking main event, fucking five-star match, but, Ben was happy with the job that got done out of it. Um, That's good. So I was like, okay, cool. Found out we were moving on to a program with the Dirty Vets for this crossbody tag team titles. So we had to film a promo that same night. If you watch this promo back, I look done. I am concussed. I am just like out of it. Ghosted. Yeah, so if you know me as well, you know me as, like, the fucking ultimate shit talker. Tid is just shitting all over me, like, ripping me a new one, and I'm just staring at him, like... Just... (laughs) Out of it, man. Fucking out of it. So, uh, we go into the program with the Dirty Vets, and I gotta say, man, between them and Ben, 
holy fuck the growth we've been able to establish through uh, crossbody. Like we had a 10 month program with them and yep. it resulted in us becoming tag team champions. And like the first match, so we kind of went into the first match and there was a false finish where we won the belts, the match or the decision got overturned. Um, so we're going into the second match with the mentality of like, Oh, we're definitely getting the belts. Like there's no fucking question. Like they wouldn't have teased that for no reason. We get there and we find out we're getting tased for the finish and we're losing. <laughs> so for one, a legitimate taser like, if you held the end of that thing, you were getting fucking tased. Yeah. There was a, uh, a uh, fucking rubber protector on the end of it. So if you touch anywhere but the end of it, it was a legitimate taser. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's public information or not, but whoops. Um, so that happens. We get that whole spot gone through. And uh, the match we just watched back on the Best of Empire live stream was the Triple Threat Tag with Ben Orton, Tyler Thomas, and Space Pirates. That match pops up on my birthday, and I was like, oh, fucking cool. Uh, led into a little bit more stuff. Uh, we did some stuff with Death Squad, Jake Jones, and Dylan Daniels in Crossbody. Had a couple of spots, yep. uh, a couple of matches with them, which were a lot of fun. And then it led to a third match with the Dirty Vets, and we were like, we gotta be getting the titles here. <laughs> <laughs> and so there was another screwy finish where it was something with Hamill and like, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but like screw drive finish. Uh, there was those cool taco fest shows. There was another show in between. And then we led to the big anniversary show where we won the belts. And like, yeah. I look back on the story and like how much build up there was to that. And like, there was so much advice being given to us, like just little things after all the matches we were having to having to, like we were doing the showcase series shows as well, which were bi-weekly shows, uh, mm. getting to mix it up with different talents from like, not only Ontario, but some of the, uh, us guys were traveling up for that. And that's where we got to mix it up with guys like Jackson zone, Blake one eighty two, and all those guys were coming up. So like oh, cross body has meant a lot to, to myself. That's that's something I'll always give to Ben. Ben, um, because being so close to that, especially that Michigan border too, being like yeah. that extra mile that way. Um, he like the resources you have with like being people being able to drive up, not just from like just say like upstate New York, which like a lot of the Hamilton, Lower GTA, Niagara kind of promotions where like a lot of them will pick from. Ben has the mm -hmm. opportunity to pull in a lot of the other guys from another side and have like a fresh roster and give you guys a lot of chances to work with fresh faces. Yeah, I remember the first time Jackson Stone came up, like, I was like, holy shit, like, this dude looks like a million bucks. And fucking six months later, he won an Impact Wrestling gut, gut, uh, gut check, and he's fucking on the roster now. So, like, yep. crazy. you know, like, it, it's wild the opportunities we've been afforded uh, in quite a few promotions, like Crossbody, PWO, like, the, it's kind of, like, really brought in, and again, like, like the confidence and the structure of empire really together over the past couple of years. So like shout out to you guys, shout out to fucking Crossbody. shout out to promotions like NSW for giving us those big matches early on with like locked and loaded and the gym rats. Like those were some big time fucking matches fight or flight. All these yeah. matches we were having super new as a tag team, but it gave us those opportunities to grow, get advice from these guys that were a lot better than us. It definitely like that, like getting in the work with the people that are like above that, that entry level that you're at is just so good for one, like being that early on in your career. And then like, I kind of look at a place like HPW where 
in case you didn't know, we're the longest reigning tag team champions of all time. But uh, <laughs> um, we've had the opportunities to work with like some newer talents there mm-hmm. as well. Like we're kind of like, and this is so fucking weird to say, but like the veterans of that locker room. That makes and sense that's in a way, the yeah. strangest fucking thing to say, because I would never, ever, ever, ever look at myself like that. But like essentially what it is, like you have the older crop of HPW guys and then you have a lot of the newer crop, the guys like the Millennium Falcon and Van Landon and uh, all these guys that are popping up now, Johnny D's, you know, like, yeah, it's very cool to be able to like almost play the same role that a lot of those guys were playing for us now with the HPW shows, like being able to work with uh, Gato Rojo and Gunnar Lang at a show. Yeah, And like, we had the most ridiculous tag match, but like we were able to learn from it as well as give those guys a couple of tips from what we know as a tag team. And that's not a lot, but it's like, Hey, if we're able to pass on any knowledge then fuck, that's awesome. Oh, absolutely. And I live for that shit too, man. Like I love seeing people succeed. I love seeing newer talent get opportunities. Like I'm not one of those guys where I'm like fucking bitter and angry. Um, one like instance in particular and like it pops into mind is when Wade won the internet championship. Literally, mm-hmm. as soon as we got finished taping that, I went up and gave that dude a hug. And I was like, dude, you have worked <laughs> your fucking ass off. You deserve this opportunity. Like, it is insane to see dudes like him. And, you know, I, I can fucking name so many people that have put in that work that have earned the opportunities like that. Absolutely. Like Wade, Wade definitely like that, that just kind of happened like organically and naturally too, just like through the promos and the views and like yep. those things were getting like, I think like three, 400 views each. It was just yeah, blowing man. up and it was like, Oh, we, okay. We got to put them in the ring together. No, it, it, it's something that like, it was a hot thing. So like there was no question to pull the trigger on it. And it was like, when it happened, it was like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, hell yeah. Like, uh, seeing, Somebody like uh, Mike Forte when the HPW championship, when that went down, I think we had to leave for another show, but like seeing the reaction of that was fucking awesome. I love seeing that stuff, man. Seeing Josh Alexander sign his impact wrestling contract fucking three years ago today or whatever it was at this point. Yeah. Like that's again, all this stuff, man. It's just like, I love seeing people succeed. Honestly, I love seeing people succeed more than I love succeeding myself. And that's, that's a shoot. Yeah, I, I kind of I'm in that same boat myself where it's like I like I don't want to toot my own horn a little bit here, but it's like I, I feel like as much as I I offer to like my own plate, I also offer out as much as I can. Well, I think and this is kind of divulging a little bit behind PWO when the Internet title was originally pitched for Empire, I believe it was pitched to go to me. And I was like, no, like I, I think JT Kirk should get like something at least <laughs> like I, I want to see him. I don't even remember, to be honest. If I'm not mistaken, the original idea was possibly me. And I was like, I, I kind of pushed for JT Kirk. Cause like, again, that's one of those things where like with the young blood title, I, I gave him that opportunity. And like, I, I, I want to see people succeed. I want to see people grow and like anything I can do to help fuck it. I'm going to do. Well, okay. Well, speaking of that, speaking of people succeeding, uh, one guy and one girl, uh, to keep an eye on this year. Someone that's kind of on the right trajectory, given the circumstances. But are you talking local or just all together? Uh, uh, local. So local, somebody I've had my eyes on in terms of a male talent for a very fucking long time. And I've tweeted, I've said I want to wrestle him multiple times. Clay Wilson. 
I think that dude is money. I think uh, me and him are very similar in our styles, but he is so much better of a technical wrestler than I am. Um, he's put in that work. Um, he's somebody who's traveling, going to BC, branching out as much as he possibly can. He's always at shows, showing face, putting in that work. He's somebody I've been keeping my eyes on for a very long time. And I have, again, tweeted it. I have posted it as Facebook statuses. I want to wrestle Clay Wilson. Keep your eyes on that motherfucker. Um, in terms of female, I, I, I gotta be biased here, man. Crystal moon. I think, um, when you look at somebody who has grown as much as she has over the past couple of years, like I remember looking back on when she first started wrestling and like, she was kind of very similar. I feel to like Alexia Nicole when she first started off or like she was very timid, very, she, she wasn't open yet. If that makes sense. Yep, like, I can see uh, where you're going I, I with that. I, I don't know exactly the verbiage to use, but like um, she hadn't, her personality hadn't been opened to professional wrestling yet. I think is the way I'm trying to say. And like, so she between like the growth she's done in that aspect and then like, dude, like the work she's put in on the professional wrestling side of things, she's had some killer fucking matches, not just in cross body, but man, oh, yeah. she worked Jessica Havoc for fuck's sakes. Absolutely. She's like, she, she's one of the girls too, one of the young girls that's putting in a lot of work. She's listening to she the right people. To grow. Absolutely. And it's, it's shows that yeah, she's somebody that, um, even before empire had always like kept my eyes on her. Cause I thought she's fucking fantastic. And she has grown man. So fucking much. And I am super proud of like the, not only the, the human being she's become, but like the fucking performer she's become, she is going to be a star. I will be very surprised if she does not get picked up. If she wants mm. to be on TV, she will be on TV. I guarantee that strong words for Matt Grant. And Hey, I can't disagree with them. Yeah, Clay, Crystal Moon, keep your eyes on those two. So I guess uh, we've hit that point of the day where we're getting close to the end of the questions and end of the segments. Uh, we've pretty much covered a lot of mostly everything. I guess we'll just quickly, uh, before we hop through, um, Twitch and THT. That's kind of something that like you guys started up like with like the streaming a little bit earlier with like the Empire. You guys were doing a little bit of like the, the brand warfare, a lot of like the SmackDown versus Raw stuff. And yeah, then it kind of... So started to grow with the Twitch and then now you got THT going on with the other guys and yeah. So it, it, it kind of blew up really quickly. Um, so when we were doing the YouTube stuff, like it was, it was like kind of a hobby. It was just to kill time. And like Twitch is kind of a hobby too, but in the same sense, like the, when you look at the amount of upgrades I've put in um, and like had sponsorship help putting in that help as well, or putting in that uh, upgrade work as well. Like it's, it's gotten to a point where I have a schedule. I have consistent streams because like it's almost become part of my routine at this point um, yeah. with the brand warfare stuff. When it first started off on YouTube uh, with YouTube, it's kind of a different platform than Twitch. Like it's, I don't think it's really designed for live content. Fair. All that much like in, in, in the way of gaming and um, the, the stuff that again, you find on Twitch, um, I, with YouTube, I, it's very different. I could argue a little bit on that, but I'll let you continue. 
Um, at least that's what I was finding um, in terms of like what our views were. Cause like I was putting mm. up different stuff too. And like, yeah. I was seeing a lot more views towards that stuff than I was like the brand warfare stuff. So like, well, that's fair. But between that and like at the time um, I was running eight gigs of Ram. So like <laughs> fucking rendering these and like putting all that together took hours upon hours. Oh yes. Um, so I got to a point where it was just like, all right, whatever, fuck it. Um, we kind of took a break from it for a little <laughs> while. And then the Twitch stuff ended up coming together. And I think it kind of started off of like, Oh, let's get together once a week. Cause we haven't seen each other in fucking God knows how long and play some video games. Yeah. And like, uh, Basil, myself, BMD, JT Kirk, it kind of started off with like us. And then we've like just expanded to this. Like we have like over, I think 20 people in our among us group <laughs> where it's like a rotating roster of who the fuck's going to show up this week. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Puff's going to be on this week's edition of among us. So that's, gonna that's, be a lot that's of who fun. is this week. I was having trouble remembering and that was great too. Cause I was literally, um, because we did greed's watch along for elimination chamber. Mm-hmm. And then when it's done, like the four of us are just chatting in the, in the live chat after he's off live and everybody's gone to sleep and kingdom's gone and Yates is gone. And then Albright's like, I'm going to get on puff stream and I'm going to get us all on puff stream. I'm like, okay, go for it. <laughs> And it's like 1 a.m. and we're just randomly on Puff Stream and I'm like, I don't know what to do with myself. I was not expecting this today. <laughs> the whole Twitch THT thing. So I think the way it was kind of like said to me, at least, um, was like Brady and Ben are like two of my best friends. Like they're we interact outside of wrestling quite a bit. Like we were, we're just that that's what it is. Yeah. Um, so they saw I was kind of doing the Twitch thing. And I think it was one of those things where we're like, ah, why don't we like, we're all friends. Let's all fucking collaborate and fucking put something together. And I was like, yeah. oh, cool. Like it wasn't even supposed to be a podcast at first. That was just, it was honestly just kind of like, ah, fuck. We're like a Twitch streaming team essentially. Um, yeah. So we kind of did that. Um, it was very, very low key at first. Like we were just like, ah, cool. THT. Woohoo. And then I think it was like, randomly one day in the group chat where i was like hey let's do a podcast we all fucking (laughs) buy toys we all fucking shoot the shit anyways like it gives us a reason to hang out essentially on a saturday night and fucking people can watch it whatever like cool so we started really like hammering the podcast like we've had like albright pretty ricky in fact this week uh formerly known as kazarni oh that's pretty sweet Sin's going to be on the podcast. So that's going to be pretty fucking sweet. Um, like th- there's a lot of cool shit we've done with the podcast. And then like with the team itself, um, like uh, we've had uh, connections with Aiden Prince and we've had connections uh, with guys like Puff and uh, BMD and other, other people as well with uh, the THT platform. So it's been really cool to kind of branch out and, uh, be able to connect to some of those guys because let's be fucking real a lot of those guys have bigger followings than us so the fact that they're willing to help us out like bmd rated me with fucking a bunch of people last night and it's like something as small as that goes a long fucking way man and i'm very Absolutely. thankful for any thing like any time that happens it, it means the world and it's the fact that those guys have connected with us again through the thg platform so we've really started consistently pushing that um it was really like a i guess a cannabis 
related sponsorship type kind of deal at first. Like we were really pushing that, but then we were kind of like, if we're really going to market this. Like we got to be smart. And we had like an inside joke when we were playing UFC where like we would fucking shake hands. So we mm. called ourselves the handshaking team. It literally <laughs> like went with the initials that we already had. So we yeah. were like, ah, fuck it. Like we'll just transition to that and kind of keep it a little more centric instead of kind of divulging into that one audience. Um, oh yeah. I definitely think that's a better, better idea. And the plan is, and I'm not going to really divulge into too, too much of it because oh, no. it's not my baby to say so, but I know there's going to be more members added. Uh, I know that's a big part of Brady's building is like, he wants to have a consistent, uh, you know, say 12 hours a day where THT is being represented on Twitch. So like, no. it, it's something where the, the brand is growing. And I know like if you're somebody that's consistent on Twitch is legitimately looking for somebody to, help you out a little bit. He's somebody that's willing to take you on. So, um, he's a great dude. Um, he has done, I genuinely can't express how much he's done for me. Um, between wrestling, between outside of wrestling, he hooked me up with one of my best jobs ever. He actually got me into the cannabis industry to start. And that's nice. where I back him now. So it's like, uh, between Ben and Brady, like I love those dudes. And the fact that we get to kind of interact as a team and do it and together it is a lot of fun. It'll just kind of comes full circle at the end of the day. Yeah, it's pretty fucking crazy <laughs> going from uh, seeing those guys on a Power Slam Wrestling Elite show back in Barry in 2014 and being intimidated as fuck by these guys to here we are seven, eight years later and we're all working together and fucking the best of friends. It's crazy how things work out sometimes. We've hit the point in the show where I'll turn it over to you. Anything you want to plug, anything you want to get off your chest, you got your camera there and have fun, my friend. What do you got going on? Yeah, so uh, you see the logo behind me. Everything Empire related, you can find EmpireTagTeam.ca. You see it on the bottom of the screen. Thank you for the plug for that. Patreon.com as well. Uh, we're doing some cool shit with that. Uh, a lot of our Twitch replays, all that stuff is going to be posted on there. So want to check that out. Patreon.com slash EmpireTagTeam. Tiers as low as a dollar. I'll let you find all that bullshit on there if you're interested. Um, just keep checking out the twitches man like a lot of cool guys are on twitch a lot of the ontario scene is checking out the twitch as well um and like i'm somebody again like you heard me talk about earlier in the interview it's like i want to see other people succeed here on twitch as well so uh follow uh savage follow check him out on uh all these uh twitch different platforms uh, he's doing the deer dirty beard stuff now so it's it's awesome to see him branching out. It's awesome to see guys like John Greed and Mark Wheeler and uh, BMD, like all these guys branching out and doing the fucking Twitch thing very well as well. So honestly, like I, I can plug my stuff all day, but I just say support everybody and uh, fucking treat people the way you want to be treated. That's it. Uh, couldn't have said it any better myself. Oh, but anyway, we've reached that point in the night. My apologies to Marcus Gold. We've run out of time <laughs> and we will catch you in the next one. Peace out, guys.